Hey girlfriend, you know who you are. You have big, big dreams. You want to write a book, stand on a TED Talk stage, be a life coach offering wisdom from your RV in Montana, a cafe in Barcelona, or a beach chair in Tulum. Your other girlfriends and your family, they don't always get your biz savvy. Why do you want to leave your J-O-B? Because you're a CATS, aka coach, author, thought leader, and speaker. Meet other change makers like yourself and find out how they make it happen. This is the Big Meow Podcast. All right, everybody, we're back and I'm Kristen and we're here with Christy Stevens. Hi, Christy. Hi. So you are a coach and a victim's advocate. I mean, what kind of work are you doing right now? So right now, what I do currently is work with victims in Yavapai County, Arizona, of a wide variety of crimes. So this is men and women, this is older people, this is young children, and I'm very humbled by the experience and I'm honored to be a part of it. Isn't Yavapai like outside Sedona? It is, it is. We're in Prescott, and, uh, but it also services Sedona. So we're up in Northern Arizona, you know, where even though we're in the desert, it still snows, which is kind of nice. <laughs> Actually, okay. Totally as an aside, I was just there a couple of weeks ago when they had that crazy storm and we were trying to get out of Oak Creek Canyon and there was so much snow, we had to turn around and get stuck in Sedona for three days. Oh, no, darn. <laughs> I know there are worse places in the world to be stuck. It's true, but you're right. It's and especially down there because it gets very muddy and then it can be quite turbulent there by Oak Creek. But that's wonderful because, I mean, not very many times does it snow that much, especially there in Sedona. So I'm glad you were able to experience that. No, absolutely. So, I mean, in your work uh, with Yavapai County, um, what are some of the things that you're seeing that are important for victims to really understand about their circumstances? Uh, mostly just that they have a support system. So many people, when a crime has been committed, their first contact usually is law enforcement, and many people are not comfortable with law enforcement. So we have a place like my agency where people can come to one time. So prosecutors, uh, the county attorney and officers, the victim, and even our nurses that do SANE exams come to one place. It's a lot more comfortable, especially for children because going into a police station gives people even more trauma. Yeah, I do think that like we have as a society, we don't really trust the police like we used to, you know? I mean, I think that that's just, whether it's true or not. So having a place to go where you, you can not feel victimized again feels pretty important. It is. It is. And it's also a time for us as an advocate to be able to establish a rapport with them and sort of start to identify some needs, be it housing, be it an order of protection, be it extra food, be it diapers, whatever it is, that it's more of a community aspect to it. I always say we have billions of people and we have very little community. So it's important for us to be able to have somebody say, hey, here's my number. And should you have any questions? If I don't know, I'm going to help you figure that out. I think that that's really an important point is that we are, you know, in our own silos, right? So if something happens, especially if we may live in a community and not know that many people, like, who do you turn to? Who do you talk to? Who can help you, you know, if you don't have a big circle of family or friends? Exactly. Exactly. And the care should be the same. It's also important for people to be able to identify trauma and that the trauma is real. 
it's 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 not very productive for people to push it to just pretend it's not there, but also to understand that there are resources for that so that they can properly address it, process it, and then move forward in their lives. What are some signs that you might have some trauma in your life? I mean, I think that there's a lot of new research coming out around like PTSD and, and things happen. And then there's this delayed response. Like, how can we know if we're in a trauma process? Certainly. I, I, never met a person who hasn't dealt with trauma. That's the funny thing here it is that this understanding that once we contend with things and we deal with things that they just go away, they don't. We manage them. We manage them diligently. As time goes on, we take on more trauma, other people's trauma. That's the vicarious trauma. And so I think it's important that we all recognize our triggers. We know what bothers us. We're okay with that. And we know that it's all right for us to take ourselves out of that situation for a short period of time so that we can address it and contend with it and then continue to move forward. It's not a defeat. I feel like you raised like a really good point as, as just a coping strategy or just even a life strategy is that if you have a trauma uh, that you've experienced in your life that triggers you, that you have permission to take yourself out of a certain situation that activates that trauma within you. I agree. What other strategies do you have? Because I mean, I think some of us entrepreneurs have a lot of trauma too. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we do. Well, you know, truly what I find is it's our perspective. There's very little in this life with all of our outside factors that each and every day we can completely in a hundred percent have it our way. And so what we do have control over is our perspective. You know, I hear all the time, children are resilient. Well, yes, they are, but so are adults. We can be too. You know, it's our ability to be able to purposefully put positive thinking in action. And that's just the beginning. So what, what goes beyond that? You know, you have, so, you know, I think if somebody is in the middle of some fresh trauma, if you're just telling them to think positively, they're going to want to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. So when trauma happens, we're not dealing with anything we're managing. And right. so when you first start with trauma, you start from the very initial basics, food, water, environment, and you work your way from there. Right. That it's part of the process by being able to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's contradictory. But if we start from the very beginning and then we earn it, we grow and we learn in this life every single day. And so when trauma happens, you know, um, I'm a first responder. You show up to a car accident and it's crisis management. It's nothing but triage for the first probably 30 minutes to up to a couple of hours. So you start with the most invasive to least evasive. That's why a person's offended, something has happened to them. We manage their physical safety, their environment, and then we work from there. Right. I guess as a first responder, it's like, are you going to survive, right? Like, yes. will you survive this experience? And then, then once it's clear you're going to survive, then you get on this whole other journey Yes. That's this new, new unknown path in your life. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So, so talk to me a little bit more about your victims advocacy work. So for me, I find that every day I am truly honored to be a part of these people's perspective and their encounter. They welcome me into their life and they're sharing that with me. And so for me, 
I always remind myself that while I'm talking with people and I'm listening to their story, it helps me to be able to remove myself, but still gain something from it. It's not a useless experience. For them, it humbles me to hear their story. And for them, I hope to help remind them of what makes them such an amazing, resilient person. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So do you have like a, a mantra or a life philosophy that you share with others or that just keeps you going forward? I do. I think that mainly it's that I wake up every day with a purpose. What is my purpose today? The accountability factor. I'm going to hold myself and others accountable no matter the outcome, good or not so good. They're all intrinsic to our development as people. And I'm going to persevere. I'm going to encourage others to do the same. That way we can rise above each and every situation, make the most of the good times, manage through the not so good times, let them be a part of our existence so we can absorb this. I'm over 40 now. I went from being thankful to trying to be grateful, gracious, you know, like that. You know, so many of us, especially uh, when we're entrepreneurs, we're coaches, we're authors, we're thought leaders, you know, we write about the life experiences that we've had. We write about the trauma that we've lived through and transcended, we speak about, you know, our wisdom that we've cultivated from that. So would you say that sometimes trauma can be a gift? I agree. I agree a hundred percent to that. You make a good point because it's an opportunity, right? It's an opportunity that nothing is wasted in our life. We sleep on average about eight hours. Well, most people would like to, but <laughs> We, we need to sleep eight hours. <laughs> the thing is, is do we take this situation that's here that we're contending today and do we use it as an opportunity, right? What have we learned from it? What do we have to offer it? And then we can then make ourselves, even though it's something entirely heinous, for instance, I've been through a homicide investigation and trial in my life and it was awful. But when I look back at the constructivity, I'm able to pull from that. Maybe not at every moment, but I know that there are times that things happened that helped, like you said, shape the person I am today that otherwise may never have happened. So it is a gift in a way. Yeah, absolutely. I remember I used to work as a TV news reporter in West Palm Beach, Florida, and um, someone asked me once, do you cover anything other than homicides? And I'm like, oh, not no. lately. You know, like it was just every day, you know, a lot yeah. of really just terrible, tragic circumstances and yes. accidents and, and all kinds of things that, that happen right. to us in our human experience. That's, that's hard. It's hard. And then that's where you come into the vicarious trauma, whereas, you know, as empathetic people, which many of us are, it, it sometimes you can find yourself identifying with things and then having to have that balance. It's an active thing we have to do an active effort to put into it, to keep ourselves from that. And sometimes it's unavoidable. Yeah. Vicarious trauma. I mean, I, I, do you think that people can have vicarious trauma from what they see happening in the news and the media? Oh, certainly. Because it's, it's, and think about how much people pay attention. I mean, I think of the word news and I automatically clear my mind and pay attention as if I'm in school, you know, because right, you're right. hearing that you're, Yes. Yeah. Not your Listen friend's opinion or your thoughts. It's this is what's happened. Right. And so most certainly they can. Most certainly I believe they can. Do you think that we need to just turn it off or how do we manage 
all of this just tragedy and and human suffering that we're witnessing today? I think you just pointed that out. It's exactly what we need to do. It's the art of saying no, right? Mm -hmm. It's not easy to do at times. We want to, I, I personally want to try and help wherever and however I'm able to, because I'm fortunate. I have this energy in life that I feel, and I, I feel fortunate. However, to be no, I once heard from a colleague of mine, is also to be respected. And so we've got to do that for ourselves too. Our commitments with our children, our outside agencies, our our hobbies, and even the news. If we actively turn things off and turn them off, turn them off and turn them on, that gives us the ability to manage it, which is all we're trying to do. Yeah, we're empowered. Absolutely. So Christy, where can we find you? At christystevens.com. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being our guest on The Big Meow. Thank you for having me and have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to the Big Meow podcast sponsored by Cats Network. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. You can also join our network filled with positivity and possibility. Visit www.catsnetworking.com to join us and learn more together with your magical, motivated, and mystical new friends at Cats Network. Let's transform a million lives with your message. Are you feeling isolated sitting at home in your PJs? Or perhaps you're tired of the comfy sweatpants with holes in them that are hidden just below the camera. I mean, you could puke at the thought of another day of Zoom meetings and reporting to your BOSS. Do you want freedom from your home office desk or the office cubicle? Do you want freedom from your current career? Or are you frustrated that your online biz dreams are going nowhere? It's all too overwhelming. Where do you start? All the tech, the choices, and your message. Yep, I said your message, your brand, your voice. What is it? Do you even know what that means? Do you need a biz coach, but don't want to invest the big bucks? Let's face it, being a solopreneur is lonely, but you don't have to do it alone. And here's a solution. Join Cats Network. Cats Network is a woman-only membership community exclusively available to you. The life coach or executive coach, the author, the thought leader, or the public speaker. If you identify with this list or want to work on adding some of these to your skill set, Cats is the place for you. Check us out at www.catsnetworking.com. That's C-A-T-S networking.com. Because let's face it, cats are better together.